Welcome to a talk from St. Saviour's Sunbury. We hope that it blesses you. Good morning. As you've just heard, I'm Jonathan. Most of you, I imagine, know me, but there may be some that don't. I'm just a member of the uh, congregation, nothing uh, beyond that. And if I don't know you, please come up and say hello afterwards. I'd like to meet you, find out who you are, get to know you a bit. Um, I've got five short stories for you this morning to start off with. They are short, don't worry. Um, So we're going to dive straight in with those. They're all short stories about generosity. Ready? Here's the first one. The parents' committee so valued the new head teacher that they gave her a huge bunch of flowers. Here's the second one. The audience so appreciated the actors that they gave them a standing ovation. Or what about this one? The professor so approved of her new students that she gave them all scholarships. This one I like particularly. The congregation so respected the preacher that they gave him their full attention and big, beaming smiles. Yeah, just like that. Or what about this? The little schoolboy so treasured his newly found friend that he gave her his favorite cuddly toy. They're great stories, aren't they? Of generosity. All the people in these stories were very giving, very generous. And they were all motivated by different things, different emotions, uh, respect, liking, um, admiration, fondness, all of these things caused them to want to give. And we should note that the gifts in these stories were quite different. There were different types of gifts. So the flowers, for instance, they are bought from a shop, perhaps. Um, That's very often what we think of, especially at Christmas in terms of gifts. We think of, you know going to a shop, buying things to give to other people, or more likely being online and getting things sent to other people. But we don't give them. They're not ours. We give our money to get a gift from somewhere else. That's, that's one type of gift. But the professor didn't give that sort of gift. The professor had the authority to give something, the scholarships. That was the sort of gift where you might call it an endowment. You might call it a grant where somebody, they talk about the queen having certain honors in her gift. She has the authority to give them. Uh, There was, of course, the little boy. He did give something of his own. He lost something so that someone else could gain it. So that's yet another type of gift. But did you notice also there were the sorts of gifts in those stories? where nobody has to spend any money buying anything and nobody has to lose anything. When you give someone a smile, you don't lose it. When you give someone some time or attention or a listening ear, you have plenty more to give. You don't run out of it. You don't deplete your stocks. And even this early in my talk, maybe that gives us all something to be thinking about as we go out into the Christmas season, that it's not always about giving presents. That's a lovely thing to be able to do, but being present.
There is, understandably, some limit to the giving in these stories. There were two or three people that received, or maybe a room full of people, perhaps a whole stage full of actors. And our generosity is, is limited. In fact, though, our generosity is not what I'm supposed to be speaking about. That wasn't the topic I was given. It's a really useful topic to be thinking about a couple of days before Christmas, when there's so much need. And we've heard about the generosity of the, of the team and all the volunteers. But no, no, I was given a different topic. And there's one more story I would like to tell you. A short story again. But for this one, I would like you, please, to all hold up a hand while I tell it. So if you can, please hold up a hand while I tell this short story. Don't worry, it is a short story. But if your arm gets tired, you can always swap it for the other one. Okay? And please keep your hand up until I explain that you can put it down. So here's a short story. Let me dive into it. It's, it's like the others, but different. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Now keep your hands up. Keep your hands up unless you've never heard that story before. If you have never heard those words, if that is completely new to you, you may put your hand down. I didn't see any hands go down, but if anyone put their hand down just then, please, please keep listening as I continue. Um, it's a famous verse. It's one of the most famous verses from the Bible. Uh, please keep your hand up in the air unless you don't know where to find that verse. If you don't know where in the Bible that verse comes from, you don't know which book, you don't know which chapter and which verse, you may put your hand down. Oh, swap, remember, if you need to, swap. Um, so if you know where it comes from, keep your hand up. And if you put your hand down, please keep listening while I continue. Now, you may put your hand down now if you are not sure how that verse continues and finishes, because we've only got halfway through that verse. If you don't quite know what comes next in that little verse, then you may put your hand down now. And if you put your hand down because you're not quite sure where in the Bible to find it, you're not quite sure how it continues and finishes, then please continue listening while I speak. And now, you may put your hand down if you think that there is more that we can learn about this verse that will teach us things about how to be a Christian today. If you still think that there's some more that can be learned, you may put your hand down. Now, if you put your hand down just then, please keep listening while I continue. And if, like Jim, you still have your hand up, then maybe we should swap places and I should keep listening while you continue. <laughs> no, he's put his hand down. <laughs> the thing is, almost everything in the Bible has a lot in it. There is always a lot more that we can learn. So we're going to go back and we're going to look at this story just a little bit, a little bit more. We'll hear it once more. We'll go over it once more. Um, and it might be worth stopping at certain points, a bit like Philip did a few weeks ago. I don't know if you remember where he got us to think about God with us. God with us and God with us. Even just doing that exercise unpacks a lot from a very small verse. 
So here we go. Are you ready to hear it again? You don't, don't, don't need to put your hands up for this one. God, okay, let's stop there, shall we? This story starts with God. That's the God who made you and me. The God who made not just all of us, but all the stars and planets in the universe. The God that also made all the, sta- the, the, the grains of sand on every beach in this world, all the microbes in your tummy and in yours, and the brain cells in your head and yours. That's the person at the beginning of this story. He made everything. We we hear in John, through him all things were made, familiar passage. Without him, nothing was made that was made. So how does this story continue, having started with God? It says, God so loved That was his main emotion. That was his main motivation. It wasn't liking or admiration, fondness. It was much more than that. It was love. Love. And and it wasn't just that he loved. He so loved. There was an intensity. There was a a hugeness, an abundance of love. And in fact, if there's one thing that we should all learn from the Bible, it is the fact that God, who created us, wants love to exist. He created us with free will so that we can have a relationship, so that we can can have love existing between us. And he's a trinity. Did you realize that being a trinity means that even without us and his creation, there can be relationship and love? Indeed, it says in the Bible, I think it's in John, 1 John, his first book, book of uh, first uh, letter of John it says God is love so our story starts with a fact God is love just say that God is love and he felt that love and he wanted to express it to whom well let's carry on God so loved the world the world the world, everybody, okay? God so loved everybody, all of us, you, me, them, everybody, everybody. Oh, no, no, some of you will know that reference, not all of you. Um, But the thing is, it wasn't just the Jews in the Old Testament that God loved. It wasn't just the Christians after Jesus' time, but God loves the Hindus and the Buddhists and the Muslims and the Rastafarians and the Pastafarians and the Jedis. (laughs) God loved everybody. And not just the religious, but the agnostics and the atheists. He loved all of them, everybody. Not just the healthy, the wealthy and the wise, but the sick, the poor, the disadvantaged, the marginalized, the outcasts, The disabled, the nervous, the dyslexic, the autistic, the LGBTQ, he loved everybody. Those we feel hard, we find hard to love, he loved. And it also wasn't just the chosen, it wasn't just the pure in heart or the holy, more likely the holier than now. But it was those people who were compromised morally. He was He loved the tyrants and the terrorists and the criminals. He loved the arrogant. He loved everybody, everybody, even the politicians. 
So, what did that lead to? God is love. God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. God is a giver. God is a giver. God is love, so God gave. Join me with that. God is love, so God gave. God isn't just any old giver. God is a generous giver. Generosity is when, is when you give more than is usual in a certain circumstance. That's what generosity is. You, everybody gives, but if you give more than is usual, more than would be normal, and boy, did God give more than was normal. When I started researching for this, I looked up all the passages I could about God's generosity, and I soon realized I would not be able to restrict my talk to the paltry hour and 15 minutes it's going to be. (laughs) There is such a lot in the Bible. I decided I had to not base my sermon on all the passages in the Bible about God's generosity, the bits about my cup overflowing, and the bits about God, you greatly enrich the earth, and the bits about... um, God is able to bless you abundantly in the bits about God who richly supplies us with all the things to enjoy and opening the floodgates of heaven. And you see what I mean? Abounding in loving kindness, giving to all generously. This all comes from the Bible. His fullness, grace upon grace. If you're interested in some of those, I do have a few copies of a list of those passages that I found. And that's just some of them. But no, I had to restrict myself to just one aspect of God's generosity. And here we are, just before Christmas, and we have to think about the gift. The gift. How does the verse, how does the story continue? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He didn't buy anything from a cosmic shop for us. He didn't even give us his favorite cuddly toy. He gave us his son. Now, those of us that have brought children into the world or have adopted and raised children, we know, we can imagine how hard it would be to give away one of your family members, to lose them so someone else can gain something. That would be hard. But if we believe what it says in the Bible, no, Matt thinks that that would be quite good. (laughs) I think he's kidding. I'll have a word with him afterwards and find out. But if we're to believe what it says in the Bible, it wasn't just his son, it wasn't just a member of his family. Jesus was part of God. He was part of God, and God separated Jesus from him and gave him to death gave him to us, in fact, for us. And it's this fact that it was for us that brings us on to the rest of the passage. So let us see what the rest of the passage says. But first, for anybody who put their hands down because you didn't know where in the Bible it was, a little memory aid. Now, this memory aid, particularly, particularly useful. If you don't know where that verse comes from, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son then being in Sunbury is a perfect place for this memory aid because we all know there is a big, fat road that heads up to London. We all know it. If you live in this area, it goes in a, on, a, on a fly over there across uh, Sunbury Cross, and it heads up, big, wide road, all the way to London. It's the obvious route. It is, of course, the A316. 
And in the Bible, wherever it talks about a big, wide road, it, it, it will also mention a small, narrow road, the one that goes to heaven. And heaven is very much what the rest of this verse is all about, eternal life with God. And if you haven't worked it out for yourself yet, or remembered, then instead of the A316 leading to London, the route to heaven is described in John 316. John chapter 3, verse 16. So from Sunbury, the verse about God giving his son is, the, is John 316. Now do not forget that. Tell other people about it. That's the best way. Okay, now back to that verse and the remainder of the verse. The remainder of the verse goes like this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So we've now got the why of the story, not the, not the, the cause of the story, that was love, not the motivation, but the why as in the point, the purpose, the aim. We've had a fact, we've had an act, God is love, God gave. We've now got an aim. And it's a bit like those aims where people say, or those things where people say, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. Which would you like first? And most people normally say, well, we'll have the bad news first and end on a high, shall we? Well, here we go. This verse has got some bad news in it. And the bad news is that like taxes, death is inevitable. Did you realize? Of course you did. We're all going to die. In this world, life leads to death. And that's because this world is tainted with this thing called sin. Now, that could be a huge sermon in itself, but don't worry, I'm not going to go off on one on sin. It's a very small word, but it's a really big topic. But all I'll do is just sort of summarize that sin is everything that separates us from God. It's not just the huge crimes. It's not just the massive atrocities. It's not just the things you get banged up for. But every small, slightest white lie or uncharitable thought falls under that same banner. And I'm afraid it separates us from God. Because God cannot be doing with sin. He cannot coexist with it. They, they cannot be together because God is holy. So that's, that's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? He created us, created the world, wants relationship, wants us to have eternal life with him. And yet, there is this thing called sin. So that's the bad news. But there is some good news. And the good news is what it goes on to say. The good news is that this gift from God that we're going to celebrate in a couple of days' time, where Jesus was born on earth as a man, where God separated him from himself and gave him to us, Jesus was the solution. Jesus was the solution to the paradox. Somehow what Jesus brought solved the problem of sin. And the aim is that in doing that, we could then come back together and be with God and have life beyond life. So that in this world, even if we die as a body in this world, we have life beyond. And in fact, Jesus came so that even here and now we can have life in all its fullness, back to the generosity of God. The abundant sort of life that God wants us to have despite the sin in the world. So that's a pretty good aim, isn't it? 
God is love, so God gave, so we can live. Say that with me. God is love, so God gave, so we can live. That's the purpose. Says it also in Romans, just an echo, in Romans 6, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that leaves us with just one thing now. You'll see there's some space at the bottom of the slide. There is a fourth thing. Most sermons have three things. I've messed up here. But, but it's important for us to go beyond the gift because if someone gives you a gift, you have to do something, don't you? If your auntie gives you that lovely tank top, hand-knitted hand in that lovely 1930s style, then you have to do something. You know, at the, very, at the very least, take it from her smile and say, thank you, Granny, Auntie, whatever, whoever it was I started the story with. <laughs> at the very least. But you see, you might put it on straight away and go, look at me! Or you might just, just wear it every day until it's worn out. Or you might only wear it when she comes to stay. Or you might put it in a drawer and never touch it again. It's all down to you. When someone gives you a gift, it's all down to you. And this is true with God's gift. We have to act upon it. We have to do something in response. And the really paradoxical thing in this part of my talk is that when we get given this gift, you sort of think when you get given something, what you have to do is take it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn that on its head because I say that because we're given this gift, we should give. We should give. We should give all sorts of things in all sorts of ways. We should give to the church and give to the poor. Um, you know, and give to our neighbors and give to our family and give at Christmas. Absolutely. We should give our time and attention and smiles and listening ears. We should give love, in other words, here on earth. But again, there's too much to say there, so I'm going to boil it down to one thing we must give. And it's a big thing. We should give ourselves back to God. That's the right response to this gift. Because to claim it, we have to... <laughs> I was talking to a member of my family who suggested a voucher was a good idea. If you get given a voucher, you've got to go and do something with it. But the irony there is that we call that redeeming. And of course, with this gift, when we cash it in, when we accept it, when we use it, when we welcome it, and we give our lives back, it's Jesus that does the redeeming. So that's the so what in the story. Can you say these four with me? God is love, so God gave, so we can live, so we should give in all the ways that means. I wonder if you could do that with your eyes shut as a prayer, as a prayer asking God to bless our response to his gift this Christmas. God is love, so God gave, so we can live, so we should give. And I just want to continue in prayer. If you keep your eyes closed, please. If there is anyone in the room who maybe has heard that for the first time, this, this story, or has heard what the offer embedded in this story means and has accepted it for the first time, then let's continue in prayer and say this prayer with me. And those of you that have said this prayer before and have accepted the gift, keep 
Keep accepting it. Keep saying thank you. Keep giving your life. Lord, we pray today that as we approach Christmas, all the busyness, all the fun, all the getting together, all the sadness that we might feel is subject to our understanding of this one big bit of generosity that you have given us. Help us, Lord, to accept your gift. Help us to give our lives, our hearts, our minds, our souls back to you and to let you be in control of our lives from this point onwards. Amen. And if anybody did say that for the very first time, then do talk to me, talk to Matt, talk to Nisha, talk to anybody who seems to be from the team, um, or in fact anyone who seems to be from the congregation, please come and get prayer. There's a prayer area down here. Don't just leave it at that. It is between you and God, but don't just leave it at that. Share that with some others and see what else there is that you can do to continue on this path. Thank you. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit www.saintsaviorsunbury.org.uk.